of From the Horse Box with Kate and Claire. We're recording early July in fabulous summer weather. You've been on your travels, Claire. Well, there's a lot to be said for sticking to the horse box after queuing up at the airport, but we did make it to Copenhagen for an after-exams trip, so that was all good. It sounds perfect. I imagine your girls have got action-packed holidays ahead. Meanwhile, things are hotting up in the showing world with county shows in full swing and everyone chasing those golden hoist tickets. Now today, we are very privileged to be speaking to Kinvara Garner, who's age 18. Is that right, Kinvara? Uh, I'm actually 19. <laughs> 19. Uh, 19, from Bangron D in North Wales. But you're not at Bangron D today, are you, Kinvara? Um, no, I'm in Newmarket at the moment. And is this where you work? Uh, yes, it sure is, yeah. Where are you and what what are you doing there now? So I work at a showing yard. Um, it's called Millhouse Stud. So we're based in Coolins. It's just outside of Newmarket, sort of 15 minutes from Newmarket. Um, and we produce and the people I work for, they also breed show horses. So it's amazing to be here. I'm very lucky to be here. Wonderful. And what sort of classes do you compete in? Uh, so we compete in all sorts of classes, but we are horses now mainly. Um, so we have hunters, riding horses, hacks. Um, they did previously have cobs here, just any sort of breed, show horse-wise. Uh, we have working hunter horses as well, so um, we've got plenty here. And which ones do you ride? Which horses do you ride and what in? So um, I've got a small hack, but she's only a novice. Um, I've also got a four-year-old hunter. And I've also got a small hunter as well, so I'm very, very lucky to have some really nice rides this year. Tell us about some of the bigger shows you've been to recently. Um, so probably the biggest one recently would be Royal Windsor Horse Show. Um, that was an amazing one, especially with it being the Platinum Jubilee year. And I just literally yesterday got back from the Hickstead Derby meeting, which was an amazing show to be at as well. It was such an atmosphere there. Let's start with the downside, um, namely the expense of the showing. Obviously, you ride for somebody else, but have you noticed numbers dropping or how vibrant is the whole scene? Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, entry numbers have really gone downhill and it's, it's sad for all aspects, for the organisers trying to organise these shows. And it's sad for us because, you know, we want to compete against more on the class and it sort of feels when you get to a show there's not as many, don't get the atmosphere that you you really want at a show and it's also hard for the breeders as well because they want to breed lovely horses for people but when people aren't doing it then these horses will go to a waste and, and it's a real shame how's the prize money the prize money in sharing is not so great i must say <laughs> it never really has been um there has just been a show recently where there's, there's a big championship and you win a thousand pounds that's probably sort of the maximum that you would win in, in a show class and that but that show only happens once a year so and what about sponsorship? Do you have some of that? Um, yeah, there is a lot of sponsorship, really. But I feel showing is not as in the sort of limelight as dressage or show jumping. So the big companies don't really reach out to us. But I think more recently, the companies are sort of catching on to showing a bit more. Um, so there are lots of good opportunities for sponsorship. So who sponsors you, Kinvara? So I was uh, previously sponsored by Silver Burn Brow Bands um, and they make the most beautiful brow bands. 
But um, their company has just stopped like, going through a bit of a break at the moment. So hopefully they'll come back. Uh, and Dobson Horrell as well, they, they support us. Yes, so a major part would be through the sale of the horses. But then obviously... Yes, and what about social media? How does sort of that help with keeping up the profile and everything? Yes, actually, social media is a really, really good thing. Um, for example, I'm on Facebook quite a lot, so then people would message me to ask to ride their horses, or or on or my Instagram, I post a lot on there to just see to get clients to see what it'd be like to have their horse here and experience what our hacking is like and our stables and how we treat our horses. So it's good in all aspects to sort of explain what you do and what the horse's life are like at home. Is this sort of goal with all these horses, ultimately, whatever age they are, to get to Hoys? Is that the, uh, the Horse of the Year show? Is that the ultimate aim? Yes, yes. That, that is our, our main aim, Horse of the Year show. So we have Horse of the Year show, which is probably the pinnacle of our, of our year. And then we have the Royal International, which we also try and qualify for. So those two are our sort of major championship shows of the year. So have you qualified for those yet? Have you got yes, I did actually. I, I qualified for Horse of the Year on Friday. Um, so that was amazing. It was my first ever horse horse I've ever qualified. I've qualified in the pony section before, but never in the horses. So it was a big, big moment for me. Very exciting, yes. Um, is it only in this country that um, we have this sort of thing or... or you know, have you ever competed abroad? Do they even have these sort of things on the continent? Um, yeah, they do, actually. So there's a lot of showing in Australia, um, New Zealand and South Africa, I believe. And I'm sure there's many other countries that do do showing in America, of course. But there's a team of English show riders that have previously gone out to Australia and New Zealand to compete and, and work on yards there, which is something I would love to do. I think it's amazing. And the level of showing is really, really high over there. There's um, an ongoing debate about the weight of horses and ponies in the show ring. Um, how do you um, feel this? I mean, it keeps going on, doesn't it? People saying show yeah. horses should be slimmer and, and the welfare problem. How, how do you see that? I, From my point of view, I, I definitely do agree with some of that. However, there is a certain type and breed of horses which do need to be sort of bigger than other horses. But I think as long as your horse is fit and healthy, um, but the trouble is that somewhat the issue is that some people may have their horses a bit more overweight than yours and then your horse look, doesn't look as big as their horse and then you get put down confirmation-wise, which is, is not really fair because every every horse is different. But I do think people are going to the extremes to make them look bigger horse and and a more of a horse um, for the section. But I think as long as your horse, the horses need to be fit, even if they're not going around cross country or their shows, if they're not doing as much, they still need to be as equally as fit. So a one size fits all sort of with a weight tape before you go into the ring is not going to work because every horse is different. Is that what you're saying? Yes, absolutely. So say you can't really compare a cob, for example, to a hack because they're completely different. Yeah. I do think there needs to be a more of a strict way of going about it and I think vets are now getting more involved in it and, yeah. and more behind the science of it all. Where did you learn your uh, riding from in the initially was it starting off with showing hunting or this Shetland Grand National where would you say your roots lie? Um, I'd say more for my, my mum's side so she really pushed me from a very young age I was very lucky to have ponies from the minute I could walk really um, but showing is what, what I've mainly done throughout 
Uh, I did a bit of punting when I was younger and but the, and the Shetland racing as well. That definitely brought my riding on a whole different sort of level. The Shetland Grand National it is very um, fascinating to watch. And, you know, from a from point of view of if your child was competing, you know, little ponies and small jumps and mm-hmm. high profile arenas and very exciting. Um, what's it actually like, you know, when the, is it very pressurised and competitive? What's it actually like to compete in it? I would say actually it's very competitive. It really, really is. Everyone's determined to win and it's just been like at the, you know, the proper races. It's a hot field because you have a, you have a lot of good, good riders. You have a lot of good Shetlands. Um, and they are really, really hard to win. And it, it's hard to qualify for Olympia. And it's, a, it's an amazing thing to do. I mean, at the trials at the start of the year, you have 60 ponies trying to get through to the trials. And then you only have 12 that would get through to Olympia. So it's it really is competitive and, and it's hard. Yeah, but it is open to all, isn't it? It isn't just open to jockeys' children or professional riders' children. Is it actually open to anyone who... And yes, absolutely. Yeah. yeah, so you have to have a registered Shetland, but it is completely open to anyone, whoever wants to do it. If you've got the Shetland that you think will be quick enough, then have a go. It's it's the most amazing thing I've ever done. And it, it really did teach me how to ride. And I think anyone that would, would have done the Shetland would vouch for me. Um, there's a lot of there's a lot of big um, equestrian riders that have previously done Shetland racing and they're now doing amazing. It sounds great fun. Um, tell us about your sort of ring craft. Does this just get sort of fine-tuned with time sort of thing? I think so, yeah, definitely. Experience different situations and, and being on different type of horses because some horses would struggle to be in a, around other horses. So I think it's just working the ring and, and it's placing yourself in a good place. If you're behind something that's a bigger moving horse than yours, then you want to sort of get away. So your horse looks better compared to the others. So I think there's a lot of aspects, safety-wise, and to try and make your horse look more glamorous. <laughs> when you do your show, do you prefer to sort of make do your own version, or sometimes it's prescribed by the judge? Is it? Yeah. So it depends. Some judges would say they'd like prefer a set show, so you have to say what they want to do. But I quite like to go different with my shows and. And do something slightly different to anybody else. But I think it, then it catches your eye. And, it, and if it doesn't go quite to plan, then at least you've tried and you've done something different. What would you do that was different to others then? Oh, I don't know. It, it, it depends on the situation or the show. I know there's previous people that have stopped and have a glass of champagne or they've, I remember, I remember one year watching there was a horse and he was at Hickstead and he went up the Hickstead Derby. Uh, bank so there's, there's so many different things that you can do you can take one hand off the rain which a lot of people do do I think it depends in the moment and what you sort of think of really tell us about when things haven't gone exactly according to plan oh there's, there's times I have to say there's many a times where it's not quite gone to plan where your horse is spooked at the side of the ring or uh, my, I've had a quite a few occasions where my saddle has completely slipped or you get a wrong leg or there's there's so many things that can go wrong. Even even in showing it, you're not. It's different because in show jumping or something, you can have a pole down. But in showing, any slight mistake mm. can silly mistakes can cost you a whole entire hours of work. <laughs> do you get nervous? Very nervous. Yeah, I really do get nervous. Just so I just 
just to get it right really I think you put a lot of pressure on yourself because you, you've worked hard or you you want to get it right for other people as well you don't want to let anybody down yeah there must be quite a bit of pressure on you so do you have a role model somebody that you emulate and and would like to uh, copy in any way um not not necessarily copy but a role model I would someone I would look up, would look up to would be the, the queen because I just think she is incredible in, in everything she does and it, it mainly in, in her equestrian life you know she's she experienced so many amazing horses in her time and she she's I do think she's fantastic and that's who I would I would mainly look up to I agree so do the judges ever ride your horses or do you know you do have a ride judge and a confirmation judge in your classes or uh yes I do so it's quite a new, new experience for me because uh I've just started in the horses. So the judge only rides the the bigger horses, um, which I think is amazing. And it's hard to be able to train a show horse because you can train a horse to suit you and how you ride. But then to have a ride judge who might ride completely different to you and ask for different aids is difficult. And that is something that I'm getting used to and, and trying to learn and, and learn to adapt my riding to that would suit somebody else. And how do you feel about one day yourself doing some judging? I would love to do that. I would absolutely love to be, especially a ride judge. And I think it takes a lot of guts to be a ride judge to get on a horse you've never ridden before, and especially for the for the for the uh, owner because you want to do a good job for them because you don't wanna, you don't want to let them down if you've ridden it not so well. And but uh, I think it would be an amazing thing to do, definitely. Now, following on from our Platinum Jubilee edition, we haven't quite finished with the Queen. I'm glad you've just mentioned her because. Um, we would like to um, ask you what you have in common with actresses Helen Mirren, Claire Foy and Olivia Colman. Or um, what do these famous actresses have in common with you, Kinvara? I, I would, I, that's quite a tricky question because they are incredible. But I think um, it's just the honour to play such an amazing role as the Queen. I mean, it's just you can't ever put words to describe it, really. So I think that's probably what I have in common with them is the feeling of, of playing a part of her and yeah. trying to, it's very hard trying to sort of not replicate her because you never will, but sort of try your best to express how amazing she is really. I think you'll have to explain how you came to play the Queen, what occasion it was, Kinvara. Well, I uh, I played the Queen as a young girl for her 90th birthday celebration um, in Royal, at Royal Windsor Horse Show. Uh, so that was another jubilee, which was um, it was an amazing, amazing thing to do. This was countries from all over the world that came to show off their amazing skills. So it was a really, really fun thing to do. And the atmosphere must have been unbelievable. Oh, it really was. Yeah, no, it, it was. I can't even express how nervous I was, but uh, it was it was amazing thing to do. And, and the audience and just the atmosphere of the whole thing was was incredible. So did you actually meet the Queen? Yes, I did actually. I was very lucky to uh, to meet her that year. And it was, um, she was lovely. And she shook my hand and said, well done. And But she particularly liked the pony that I was riding, which was a, a good conversation starter. Is there such a thing as the sort of royal aura? And when you, when you were riding in her place, did you feel any of that? Did you feel royal? I think I probably felt a little bit royal, yeah, because... I felt special. You, 
Yeah, absolutely. It was such a special thing. It's such a unique thing. I mean, you can't compare it to anything else that I've ever done before. So I think it probably was a different feeling than I've ever felt before. Because you were how old? Uh, I think I was only 14 at the time. So you were playing the Queen as a young girl, weren't you, in the parade? Yes. And you mentioned that the fell pony, how did you find that fell pony to ride? So the fell pony, he was a, he was a big champion in the show ring. Um, and he's owned by a very good friend of ours called Rebecca Penny. Um, and we've approached uh, Rebecca and said, is there any way that we could use Bert for this role? Because he's got the most amazing temperament. Um, and he's uh, he's such a good boy, especially for a stallion. And she said that she'd love for me to have ride him and him being the uh, Jubilee. So that's sort of how it came about, really. And tell us about the outfit you were wearing. Uh, the outfit was was amazing, actually. So I had a I had a tweed jacket on, and then we had some um, old sort of style bre- breeches uh, made, and then I had a a piece of hair that was attached to the back of my riding hat, to sort of looked like I had the uh, Queen's hairstyle. Um, so it was it was a really cool, uh, fun outfit to wear. All your life, you've lived the showing world, going from show to show living in a lorry with beautiful ponies. Um, we can only sort of speculate what the Queen would have chosen for her own way of life had mm-hmm. you know, we not had the abdication and the twist of fate that brought her uh, to be our Queen. Do you think Do you think she would have liked your lifestyle? This is only speculation. I think she probably, yeah, I think she probably would. I think she would have liked to have been able to be a bit more of a normal girl with around her horses really because she lives and breathes for her horses and it's her sort of I feel probably her escape from the busy life and the amazing royal life that she leads so I think she probably would have liked to be with her horses more than she could have been really so I think probably from the horsey aspect definitely. So you'd recommend uh, for children growing up a life with ponies and do you what are some of the ups and downs, do you think, advantages and disadvantages? Uh, I would definitely lo- love for my children personally to have horses, and I think it's so important for young people to be involved in horses. But there are a, a lot of ups and downs, and, it, and it's really hard, you know, when when you've, for example, you've grown out of your pony and it has to go on to another child, and it, it's really hard to see, and it's upsetting, or your pony isn't quite right or even if your pony misbehaves and you've put so much work in and it, on the day it's just not quite right but it's not the end of the world and there is there is a different day and it, and it will get better. <laughs> Kinvara you mentioned um, wins a horse show with horses and entertainers from all over the world it must be great fun to mix with such a variety of people um, tell us what you get out of that. Yes, absolutely. It's amazing seeing sort of different cultures. But my, my favourite people were the Chilean West Sauces. And um, I actually went over to Chile to uh, visit them after I'd seen them in uh, in the Jubilee. And I'm now, I still speak to them most days. And I'm very good friends with them. So it was amazing to have met such wonderful people through um, being part of the Jubilee. Wow. And do you sometimes sort of pick up tips and sort of swap advice and everything with the people when you meet them? Um, yes, actually, because when I when I went over to Chile, they they taught me how to ride their Wasos cowboy horses, and um, I was explaining my discipline, and they were explaining their discipline, and it's quite interesting to see how they train theirs, and 
ask me how I train up my horses. So I think you learn lots of different techniques and you watch all the other acts and think, wow, how, how did they do that with their horses? So what a unique opportunity you had, the being the right age and the riding ability. Um, it's, uh, what an amazing thing to have on your CV that nobody else would have, that you actually played the Queen um, for her 90th birthday. Um, do you think this um, has given you confidence in other aspects of your life and, and made you friends for life? Yes, absolutely. I think it really has. And it's something that I can tell my children and, and tell, you know, friends with the future that I did that. I think it's a, it's such a unique thing to be able to have done. I'm very, very honoured to have done it. And um, it's definitely given me a lot of life experience, even in the short space of time that it happened. It was just an incredible thing to do. I mean, you're also doing a lot of riding, um, you know, with the pressures you're under. Do you get plenty of support um, if things do go wrong? You know, we're talking about mental health as well as physical health. Do you get- uh, yes, I do actually. Yeah, I do. Oh. I do get lots of support because it is it's very draining, and especially when you, you work really, really hard and you want to go right all the time, and it most definitely doesn't go right all the time. Um, but the people I work for, I live here as well, so that's an intense environment. But uh, you know, they treat me so well, and I love them a lot. And, I've got my parents that have supported me the whole way through. So um, I get lots of support. So I'm very, very lucky to have that. That's very important that you do. In September, you start at Sirencester. Tell us about your course and how you plan to juggle your sharing commitments with your studies. How is that going to work? It's going to be it's going to be tough. I think it's going to be lots of traveling, especially with the price of fuel, which will be rather interesting. (laughs) But um, so I'm going to go and do a bloodstock course um, and racehorse management. So it's something I've always been interested in doing. And I'd quite like to um, have some knowledge of the bloodstock side of racing and perhaps go into racing media one day. That is sort of where I'd like to go. But um, hopefully with my season, the sort of holidays and my breaks away from university should sort of fit in quite nicely. And, and I'm sure I can go back at weekends and things to help out the yard. I think you'll be very good at the media work, Kinvara. Thank you. <laughs> Any um, hobbies or ambitions which don't include horses? I actually don't think I do have any other hobbies because this does take up my whole entire life and it always has done. Um, but I think possibly the sort of media and racing side of things is something I'm interested in outside of the sharing aspect. So that's probably an interest as well. I love sport and, and anything to do with sport I find interesting. So probably sports really. I'm sure you'll have lots of contacts in the horse world, Kinvara, and you'll definitely have an excellent CV. Now, we've got um, some quick-fire questions for you. Lovely. Riding hat or sun hat? Definitely riding hat. <laughs> Favourite judge in the showing world? Oh, gosh. Now, that's a very hard question. I would probably say... Who's the latest, one? Who's the latest one to put you top, then? Um, my latest one was someone called Jodie Soul and Michael Marion. So they'd have to be at my top at the moment. <laughs> new clothes or new phone? New clothes, probably. <laughs> what makes you really happy? I think, well, my horses. I know it's a pretty ironic thing to say, but my horses, I think, and, and my friends and my family. And finally, what item of clothing could you not live without? I 
definitely couldn't live without my jobbers because I wear those every single day. Even on my day off, I'm wearing jobbers. So which make <laughs> jobbers? Which make of jobbers are the best? Uh, my favourite ones are probably uh, the Cavalier Toscana ones. They are my my ultimates. <laughs> wow, we'll have to get some of those. Now, I don't know whether you've had time to think of a joke or a motto, Kinvara, to share with us. Not the funniest first, so probably a motto yeah. is Great. mine would probably be life does have highs and lows and you can be at the top and then suddenly you're at the bottom. It doesn't mean you're like a worse rider or a worse person. It's just how life goes and you will get back to the top again. No matter, no matter how low you feel, you will get back there and you will do well and you must never lose hope in what you're doing <laughs> it is hard not to sometimes though well you're doing extremely well Kinvara and it's a delight to talk to you thank you very much thank you so much no thank you yes thank you Kinvara you definitely sound destined for the top oh thank you a pleasure to talk to Kinvara has had a lot of success for her years and yet still seems to have no illusions about the ups and downs of working with horses which may be very useful to her in the future, whatever career path she takes. Yes, but we failed to mention why she is called Kinvara. Our Irish listeners will know it is a beautiful village in Galway. Kinvara's mum always loved it, and on the way to hospital to have her baby, stopped at the local garage to buy a magazine. On the front was a girl called Kinvara, so it was meant to be. It's all in a name. Racehorses are named as their abilities emerge, apparently, Coolmore's best horses are given the most distinguished names. They wouldn't want one of their duds to be called Camelot, for instance, or their next Derby winner and Stalin prospect called Who Gives a Donald? We won't forget Kinvara's name and we'll have our fingers crossed for her at Hoyas in October. On the busyness front, we've got lots of exciting summer podcast plans, so please keep listening and tell your friends. Also, don't forget our email, fromthehorsebox at gmail.com. We appreciate any feedback, good or bad. Thank you for listening. We look forward to our September episode when it could be you in the driving seat. (laughs) 